Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. And one of the greatest games ever played in the long history of Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Ole Miss has scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. It's time for the Sonic Drive of the Game, brought to you by your hometown Sonic Drive-Ins of Mississippi. The Sonic Drive-In, America's favorite drive-in. And perhaps as far as I'm concerned, the drive of the game may be my drive home from Starkville to Jupilo, and hopefully it'll be an uneventful drive. I absolutely love that Will Easton building that decided to include that clip from Jack Crystal, which was following an Alabama game, had absolutely nothing to do with the Egg Bowl, and yet... We all laugh when we uh, when we hear that one. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. This is our final live show prior to the 2022 Egg Bowl. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock kickoff, 4 o'clock airtime on both the Ole Miss and Mississippi State radio networks. Uh, and so you'll get some of the best of this week, some of the conversations, the guests that we've had. Uh, you will get that from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. But this is it. This is our final live show, so we're going to make some picks. We'll get into two questions. We've got uh, a couple of more guests, guys that played in this game. Vic Ballard, former Mississippi State Bulldog, will join us on the Farm Bureau guest line in the 4 o'clock hour. C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive player, will join us as well. Uh, and, and he certainly fits into the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State lore. Uh, going back to his recruiting all the way through his playing days. And so we'll talk with C.J. Johnson. Hey, that will probably lead that conversation. I think that's uh, what he wants to do. Did you say leave? Leave that Le- conversation? I said lead. Lead that conversation. That I foresee technical difficulties. We uh, we welcome you to the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. As always, you can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class professionals who live where you do, right here in Ceasefire country. Check them out online, ceasefire.com slash business. So we are 27 hours from kickoff. Ole Miss and Mississippi State tomorrow night. Unless the forecast is lying to us in the rain at Vault Hemingway Stadium, it's not going to be frigid. It's going to be low 50s and raining. 
Ugh. It's just cold. It's nice today. I'm it's wearing shorts. Gorgeous today. It's a beautiful day. You know what's going to be funny? He's wearing a quarter zip. I'm wearing shorts. Look at the yeah, I can get him up here. I, the, the shirt's too big. I can't. And and I didn't want really to look like I was wearing like a shower curtain or something. I don't know how that works. So so I put the the jacket on over top just to like I didn't feel like changing shirts, and so I just threw a jacket on and and walked out the door. But did did, did you get one of the shirts that was meant for me or something? Well, what's going well, on? I did get my shirts finally. Shout out Genteel. These aren't shirts. Oh, these are quarter zips. Got three quarter zips from Genteel. Yeah. They look phenomenal. Three. There's the little ST logo right there. Uh, they look great, and I can't wait to wear them. But I'm not. Taking anything out of a package right now, but I'll be rocking those here soon. Very nice. They look like they feel good. But what's going to be funny tomorrow hey. is the weather's going to stink, which is not conducive to great crowds. Also, I have heard from people that are no longer going to make the trip and brave the weather because of all of the drama. And then after the game, before he takes the Auburn job, Lane Kiffin's going to complain about the crowd. He's a root cause of why the crowd's not going to be good, and then he's going to complain about the crowd. Like, hey, guys, I don't think you're good enough. I'm out of here, but you better support me or else I'm going to complain about you in a press conference again. Wild stuff. You know that's coming. I feel like I need to um, clarify is not even the right word. So I was on with Paul Gallo this morning, and we had a, a very good conversation. And about marijuana. Yeah, we did not talk about... We, Marijuana. Thank you. Um, we did not. But we just talked about the Ole Miss situation, about Lane Kiffin, and, and the entire backdrop of the conversation was that Lane Kiffin has an opportunity to stay at Ole Miss if he wants to. It just doesn't feel like he's going to. And at one point in the conversation, kind of with that being the background, I said, Lane Kiffin chose Auburn over Ole Miss. Ole Miss did everything it could to support him in the time that he was here, everything that he asked for. Ole Miss has done absolutely everything it can do, and he simply chose Auburn over Ole Miss. I used that past tense. And I went back and listened to it. I'm like, well, that's that's absolutely what I said. And it's floating around out there on, on Twitter and on Facebook. And I've had a bunch of people text me about that as well. I, I had a great visit with Paul. And I, I don't think that I would change anything that I said. But I do feel like I need to remind everybody that Lane Kiffin does still have an offer that has not been rescinded, that is still out there from Ole Miss. At this point, if he were to say, hey, pass me a pen, I'm going to sign that contract, it'd be kind of weird. It'd be really weird at this point. And I've heard people go, well, he can't come back at this point. No, that's not true. He, he absolutely could. And he could gain a lot of momentum back in a hurry if three things happen. Two things, really. Three. He would have to say, two, three, yes. Two, three? Yeah. Th- th- if three things happen, Lane Kiffin could rally almost all of the support that he has lost in the last week. If he, first of all, said, yes, clearly I looked at Auburn. It's out there everywhere. But I decided that Ole Miss is where I want to be. That Ole Miss is a better job than Auburn. It's more stable. He said that, number one. Number two, he won the game tomorrow night. 
And number three, he immediately followed it up with a good recruiting class, portal, high school mix, and it would be fine. It, it would be all good if those three things happened. Now, people have long memories, and if you went through this cycle again a year from now or a couple of years from now, people probably would be frustrated. Oh, you know it'll happen next year. It's happened every year. Yeah. Every year. So, so that, but, but I need to put that caveat out there. And I'm not sure. I think I did this morning, but I'm not. With that said, everything, everywhere, everybody that is connected to this believes that Lane Kiffin is going to Auburn. Players on the Ole Miss football team believe that he's leaving. People that work within the perimeter of the Ole Miss campus believe that he's leaving. National writers believe that he is leaving. Local writers believe that he is leaving. Auburn fans believe that he is leaving. Ole Miss, everybody believes that Lane Kiffin is leaving. And I I used the phrase this morning, I would be shocked at this point if he stays. Maybe shocked is too strong of an emotion. Maybe I'm being naive to how long I've been around this business and nothing should shock me. Maybe I should have said surprised. But honestly, it kind of would be shocking at this point Yeah. if Lane Kiffin didn't leave Ole Miss sometime in the next 72 hours. I I think the only way it happens is if Auburn backs off for whatever reason. Yes, that's the only way that this happens is if Auburn backs off and Auburn's got two targets right now. It's Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze. Hmm. Those are their two targets, and Auburn has chosen Lane Kiffin as their number one target. Something would have to happen on the Auburn side of things for them not to extend him an offer sometime between. Midnight tomorrow night and noon on Sunday. Something would have to happen to cause Auburn to change its mind. Is that possible? Yes. Absolutely yes, that is possible. It's it's more of a guess on my part. I, I told Haydad earlier today that I think by this time tomorrow, it won't be formally announced, but the answer will be Confirmed, because John Sokolov reported earlier this week that he was leaving. So that report will be confirmed by 3 o'clock tomorrow. Maybe. I mean, 3 o'clock tomorrow is before the game. Excuse me, by 3 o'clock Friday. But before the show starts on Friday, I I meant, that's what I told Haynett earlier. Before our show starts on Friday, I think we will have a confirmation. Questions coming in on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Thomas in Greenwood, is it official? No. No, I mean, it's not official. It's not official until it's official, and it's not official. I don't know that Auburn has officially sent a contract with the AU engraved logo on paper that's like, here's the opportunity for you to be our head coach. Um... Has Auburn made an offer? That's from BJ. Well, I mean, depends on what you want to qualify as an offer. 
Has Auburn talked with Lane's representation? Yeah. They talked to him. Him. He interviewed before the Arkansas game. You wonder why they played like crap. Well, Arkansas gets some credit there, too. They do. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation. Join us on the Ceasefire text line, as many of you are. We'll just try to go through some of the, the questions and the comments that uh, that you are throwing out, because there are a lot of them. C.J. Johnson will join us in the next segment. We're going to talk about this game that is being played tomorrow night, we think. I think there's a game tomorrow night. Uh, here we go. Where do we start? Uh, are y'all taking tomorrow off? Yes, we actually are. We will be with our families tomorrow. Turkey update. I've pulled them out of the brine. Hey, Dad, I'm family. Don't, don't, you, you're just, I am family. You are family. So just. We're, we're family? Yes. Okay. Like Brian Kelly family? No. Yeah, like we're we're family. No, like if you called me in the middle of the night and said you needed something, I'd do whatever I could to help you with what you need. That's family. That's how people take care of each other. That is family. I'll grant you that. So, don't shrug your. I'm not blood family. I'm not, you know, not one of your children. Not married to you. But uh, no, 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 decidedly not. Uh, Decidedly. Yeah, turkey update. Turkeys are out of the brine. They are in pans in the refrigerator, uh, lighting the fire at 1.30 a.m. Turkey's going on at 2.30 a.m. You'll be up earlier than me. I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. I can assure you I am going back to sleep. Uh, so, yeah, we are, we are taking tomorrow off. You will get one hour of Sports Talk Mississippi tomorrow from 3 until 4 and it'll be a combination of things that have happened throughout the week on the show that will uh, get you ready for the Ole Miss and Mississippi State broadcasts. Uh, Josh in Hattiesburg, who are the possible replacements for Kiffin if he goes to Auburn-Hale State? Can we hold off on that for right now? Because I think that's a long conversation. It's a great conversation for Friday Friday's show. Uh, da, 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 da. What if Auburn beats Bama? It doesn't matter. The decision will have been made before that ball gets kicked off. And Cadillac Williams is staying on staff. That, that, that's going to probably be a, a, a condition, and only a fool would say no to it because he's obviously a big part of what they're doing. Mm. They all love him. Why, why not keep him on? Good recruiter, good running backs coach. Keep him on. Chris and Madison, I do not believe that Kiffin will go to Auburn. It's not a good move. He's got an amazing program going at Ole Miss, and Auburn isn't so great like it used to be. I just can't see it. Okay. We'll see. I kind of hope you're right, Chris. I don't think you're right, but a lot of people would be happy if you are right. 
Uh, let's see here. Is there anything that Lane Kiffin can do at this point to lose his reputation as a bit of a snake? This coming from a state fan, no less, who happens to somewhat like Lane. No. I mean, does he have a reputation as a snake, or is he just a good football coach that's going to do what's best for him? Is that a snake? Oh, he's got a reputation of uh, shocking levels of tone deafness and selfishness. I mean, come on. The, the tweets and stuff this week have been such an indicator of somebody who just doesn't understand what he's created. There's narcissism. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's, I mean, you, you get a good football coach when you have him, for sure. But people... People don't love him because of his inspirational tweets and his fun offense. They love him because he trolls people like a college kid. That's why. So, this one, maybe he has everybody thinking the same thing and leaning towards Auburn, but tomorrow before the game he's going to show his team the contract that he signed with Ole Miss and is staying there, and they go out and they kick butt. Here's the problem with that. I mean, that, I mean that, that's some Hollywood movie stuff, no doubt. I hear you. You know, go win one for the Gipper. The problem is he needed to do that on Sunday to get his team fully bought in in terms of preparation for this game on Saturday night. There is... There's no you reveal a a motivational technique in the locker room that carries you to 60 minutes of elite football. That doesn't happen. Not at this level. Not in the Southeastern Conference. You're either better and you execute and you play well, or you're, uh, you are you receive gifts from the opponent via turnovers and field position and you capitalize on it, or you go out and you play bad and you get beat. And you can't carry the emotion of a locker room speech or a, uh, a locker room sacrifice or uh, some motivational tactic, you, you can't carry that to a 60-minute victory in the SEC. That wears off very, very quickly, like at kickoff. I'm just going to go out and play hard tomorrow night because they're playing Mississippi State in an SEC game. They're trying to win their ninth game of the year and put themselves in the spot to go to a good bowl game and get a tenth win. If they play well, that's why they're going to play well tomorrow night. Not because... Lane Kiffin all of a sudden has a rousing motivational speech in locker room. Uh, Keith in Winona. He says, dumb question I know, but is the game going to be televised? Yes, Keith, actually it is. It's going to be on ESPN with a 6 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Matt Berry and Lewis Riddick are the announcers for the game. I don't know who the sideline reporter is. Uh, Oh, it's, uh, isn't it like Harry Lyles or something that works with that crew? Yeah, Matt Berry, Lewis Riddick, and Harry Lyles Jr. That's your broadcast crew tomorrow night. 6 o'clock on ESPN. We'll be televised. Uh, what else, guys? I mean, there are a gazillion messages. We clearly uh, can't get well, to Well, people are talking about what the Walk of Champions looks like. And at, I listened, to his, I, I listened to his coach's show yesterday because I was curious to see how that would be handled. By the way, took another shot at the reporter. Again, if... If you leave and you do all that, it's it's pathetic, is what that is. 
Oh, well, we made him famous. Like, stop that. Just be an adult. But anyway, um, people clapped for him and stuff in Bure when he was introduced. So not everybody knows. Not everybody knows what's going on, frankly. Or is choosing just to not open their eyes and see what's going on. Uh, maybe there will be people that yell at him. Actually, if you believe a couple of friends of mine, they might be talking a big game. They're going to when he goes by. But largely, most people don't really know or care. I do think, though, that there are going to be a lot of people that go to the game because they love their team, and when they do the player introductions, and at the end, it's Lane Kiffin, head coach, Oxford, Mississippi, booze will come. It's going to be a weird day and a weird environment. And they're going to talk about Auburn on the broadcast, and, and that's just going to happen. And after the game, he's going to get asked direct, pointed questions about if he's leaving, and that's going to get weird. If they lose the game, it's going to get very uncomfortable. Even if they win the game, it's still going to be uncomfortable. But if they lay an egg like they did last week, and then the pointed questions are getting asked, it's going to get Weird, fast. It's going to be a weird day all around. Yeah, it is. Hey, Dan, I think this one's for you. Thoughts on a gold-accented uniform for State? I know they're tacky, but I personally love them. Lots of nostalgia for me with that because they wore those a lot in my formative years as a young Bulldog. To my knowledge, uh, no. That's just to my knowledge. They haven't announced anything. I personally am I'm pushing for the. I hope they wear the state helmets. This one on in this white one. or maroon. But, uh, uh, if you're going to go white, go all white with white pants. Uh, mm-hmm. But maroon would look good. Look good as well. I've not seen what Mississippi State is wearing. Ole Miss is going blue hel- uh, navy blue helmets, navy blue jerseys, gray pants. A a tip of the cap to a traditional uniform on the final game of the regular season. They're going to change jerseys at halftime like they did back in Jackson back in the day? Come out in the Reds. I don't know. I don't know. Are you allowed to do that anymore? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't seen anybody do that in a long time. Um, just trying to see. Was there anything else on the ceasefire text line that we just absolutely no. needed to get to? I mean, it's, it's the same stuff. Who are they going to hire? You know, are we sure he's leaving? Are you sure it's not a troll? That kind of stuff. It's just kind of answered it every day this week. Here's one. Please don't mention my name. Uh, did he tell the team yesterday he wasn't leaving? No. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it says he did tell the team yesterday he wasn't leaving. I know this for sure. Would no. he lie to them? He, I don't think that's accurate. Um, I think he told the team that he had not been offered a job anywhere else, and if he took a job somewhere else, he would hear that. His team would hear that from him, not through the media. I think that's the message. That was. I've had a lot of people that have confirmed that. All right. Farm Bureau guest line when we come back. C.J. Johnson will join us. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Today, it's an SEC matchup as the Bulldogs of Mississippi State take on the Rebels of Ole Miss.
back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. I just realized that Florida, Florida State is Friday night. For whatever reason, I thought that game was on Saturday. That's on Friday night on ABC at 6.30 Central Time. Man, what a weekend of football we got coming up. Just for the SEC teams, obviously it starts with the Egg Bowl tomorrow night. On Friday, you get Arkansas, Missouri in the afternoon, Florida, Florida State at night, and then on Saturday, rivalry games all over the place. Georgia Tech, Georgia, South Carolina, Clemson, Louisville, Kentucky, the Iron Bowl, LSU A&M, and Tennessee Vandy on Saturday night. A guy who knows all about rivalry games uh, joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. C.J. Johnson joins us, former Ole Miss defensive player uh, from the state of Mississippi. He's in coaching now. C.J., always good to catch up. How are you, my man? I'm good, bud. How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing well. I, I, I've kind of asked this question a bunch this week when I've talked to former players. I want to start you off the uh, the exact same way. When you hear somebody mention the Egg Bowl, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Uh, honestly, I feel like uh, the 2012 game, uh, we weren't very good, um, and we found a way to win the game. Um, and that was one of my favorite Egg Bowls of, probably of all time, other than 2015 when we won the game. It's pretty exciting. So, I feel like for you, CJ, the the roots for this game run really, really deep because you were a highly recruited player in the state of Mississippi. Uh, folks that have been around a while probably remember at least bits and pieces of your recruitment. There was some back and forth as to whether it was going to be Mississippi State or Ole Miss. And then you roll into that game in your time. What um, is that fair? Is that a fair way to describe it, that uh, that was a pretty important game for you? Yeah, it always went up. I always try to uh, obviously play as hard as you can every game. Um, but that game, just the preparation from you know Sunday leading up to the game, um, it was it was important. Um, and having a lot of Mississippi guys on our team too, I think that helped um, influence how we play. Um, so I'm interested to see how this year's game is going to play out with being so many transfers and maybe not as many Mississippi guys uh, in the game. Uh, for Ole Miss, I am curious, CJ. As you've watched this week and you, you've seen the you know the reports about Lane Kiffin possibly leaving, how does that? What what effect does that have on a locker room when there's uncertainty and there's distraction? Because there's part of me that's like you know I guess guys completely tune it out and they just go about their business, but that's when you're pretending that football players aren't humans, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a part um, in Lane's uh, defense and his experience. Uh, my first year with him at FAU, there was some rumbles before the bowl game uh, that there were some jobs that could come up. He could possibly take a job. Um, kids would come on campus, they'd ask about it. The players would kind of ask about it on the side, but it didn't really affect the way our players played um, because of the significance of the game. So, to answer the question, I'm not really sure if it affects the way the players play. Um, I think it can affect preparation because you're thinking about it all week when you're not so honed in the day before the game and the day of the game. Um, so that that aspect of it could be could be true. 
Hey, Borky, I, I hate to do this middle of the conversation, but having some trouble hearing CJ, let's let's maybe see if we can get a little bit better connection, and we'll try again. Visiting with CJ Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. I'd forgotten that CJ was was with Lane on staff there at uh, at FAU, working in the uh, the coaching world for a while. So 2012 was the uh, the first Egg Bowl for C.J. Johnson. That was a 41-24 win uh, for Ole Miss in Oxford. Mississippi State won the next year, 2013, in Starkville. C.J., that was a tough one, right? The, the 2013 game, 17-10, to that was the, the one where there was the fumble. Uh, Dak Prescott came back into the game. I was talking with somebody earlier this week, and, and I'm curious what – stands out more do, do you remember the wins do you remember the losses which, which kind of sticks in your mind more uh, I definitely it's funny you say that because there's only the one egg bowl game I played in uh, lost and that was our freshman year uh there we won two games we wouldn't beat anybody um so so that would really didn't count 2013 I was I, I was out uh with an ankle injury my injury retro year so I never had to, I, did, I never played in that game the memories that I have is always of us winning uh, because I was 3-1 and one in the games that I played in. All right, so your games were what, 12, 13, 14, and 15? Is that right? Uh, 11, 12, 14, 15. Okay, got you. Um, visiting with C.J. Johnson, uh, take us back, if you don't mind, to your recruiting and, and all of that that went into it because it was something that was – very high profile in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, there was, you know, there were a lot of decisions um, that really came down to me ultimately making that making that decision. I always caused the domino effect um, that really led led me to going to Ole Miss and Coach uh, Nix being really persistent, Derek Nix uh, being really persistent there. I mean, you know, I always told him I never really wanted to go to Ole Miss. Uh, really, the people that I had built relationships with. Through recruiting, um, towards the end of my senior year of high school, everyone kind of, kind of dissipated or, or left, so to speak. Um, and so it really left me open to even being influenced to go to Ole Miss. I think the Mississippi Alabama All Star Game had a lot to do with that. Um, I think the U.S. Army All American Game had a lot to do with that. And so just you know being undecided uh, so late in the game really left me open to be influenced to go into Ole Miss. Visiting with C.J. Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line just for another uh, minute or two. When when you look at these two teams this year, uh, Mississippi State, obviously it's a passing offense uh, that on the defensive side at times has been really aggressive and has looked really good. Ole Miss has had its moments where they've looked great offensively. They've had some, some few and far between moments where defensively they looked elite, uh, but also some times where they've gotten gashed. So when you look at this matchup this year between these two teams, what stands out for you? What's the difference? Inside the ball, uh, you know, can Old Miss establish a run? Uh, be able to throw the ball downfield, and for Mississippi State is, you know, can they establish the run as well? Because I think if you look at games that they've been successful in this year, they've been able to run the ball. Um, and so, with Ole Miss being such a light box team uh, with a three-two-six scheme, um, I think uh, they need to put an emphasis on stopping the run so that they can kind of handcuff Mississippi State. Because I think that's when you can get the handcuff them. That's when uh, you make them one-dimensional offense with the short throws. Um, I think that that plays in the Ole Miss's, Ole Miss's favor. Um, I think defensively in Mississippi State, 
it's just going to be King you uh two of the best running back, arguably two of the best running backs in the country. Yeah. CJ, man, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Good as always to uh, to catch up. Wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. All right, that's CJ Johnson on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, sorry for that being difficult to hear. I know there was kind of connection issue there, and uh, so maybe cut that just a minute or two uh, short. Hey, Dan, when it's all said and done, when we talk about keys of the game, he kind of talked about you and C.J. Johnson are on the exact same page. I did that just for you. Well, once in a lifetime. Uh, I mean, yeah, he talked about but, Mississippi but State right. trying yeah. to establish the run. It's it's can State establish the run and can State stop the run? That's that's the keys to the game. If State runs the ball successfully, then they can they can put up points and they can move the football and they can keep the Ole Miss offense off the field. And then the other side of it is you know. How much are you going to give up specifically to Dart? This is what Borky and I talked about earlier uh, today, which you'll hear on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast, and that's you know that Junkins, Judkins and, and Evans are going to get theirs. So how much does Dart get? You know, if you tell me tomorrow, if you tell me that tomorrow that Dart has like seventy or eighty yards rushing, that probably means he broke off a couple of long runs, probably on third downs, and kept drives alive, and that's not that's not a good sign for Mississippi State. You want Judd, or you want Dart to be around 30, 40 yards rushing to have a really great chance to win. I think you've watched every snap of football that Mississippi State has played this year, or at least almost everyone. Is there a game, Absolutely. is there a quarterback that has been able to do what you're talking about? I know Jackson Dart's a little bit different skill set than a lot of guys, but has there been a quarterback that's kind of been able to exploit Mississippi State's yeah. defense with his legs? Yeah, Jaden Daniels and Malik Hornsby. And uh, to a certain degree, uh, Bryce Young, not so much for rushing yards, but keeping plays alive Mm -hmm. uh, to get the ball down the field in the passing game. State has struggled this year with mobile quarterbacks. Robbie Ashford had a decent, had a really good game against Mississippi State as well in terms of running the football. State has struggled with mobile quarterbacks this year because they don't have great sideline to sideline speed. If you just try to run up the middle of Mississippi State, you, you kind of fall into the trap. That's where they're strong. Cam Young, Crumity. Watson and Johnson are really good run-stopping linebackers. When you get wide, they just don't have the speed sideline to sideline to, to match up as well. So that's that's where those plays break down for State. I, I've I've brought this name up to you before, and you've only been like, yeah, you're right, you're pretty good. I feel like every time I've watched Mississippi State this year, Tyre Sweet's been making a play. He's played at an all-SEC level this year. He's really, really been good. And he, he's a guy who's, you know, He's the guy who can put pressure on on Jackson Dart and flush him from the pocket. It's going to be on the other guys to clean up after him and, and, and get him on the ground. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll take a timeout. We'll wrap up the first hour of the show coming up right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Shake. 
this straight off the hate ass playlist, didn't you? It's a crazy town full of neon dreams. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, you, you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. My brother, I don't why you love Jason Aldean. I did not know that was Jason Aldean. Yes, I have been to his bar in Nashville. I honestly don't know. No, you're just making stuff up. Don't be a okay, a fibber. Okay, You're fibbing. My brother might know who that is. He probably listens to country music. He's a little more country than me. Hmm. How old is your brother? Uh, he's 36. Did I know you had a brother? I don't know. Got a sister, too. I think I knew you had a sister. I'm not okay. sure I knew that you had a brother. Yeah. Doug. All right, Doug. Howdy. Does he live in Mississippi? He lives in Vicksburg. He's uh, he works for the Octib- um, Octib- Hall, the Warren County Sheriff's Department. Good to know. So if you ever get in trouble in Vicksburg, that's who you call, right? I, I know I know enough people in Vicksburg. I might not have to call him first, but he would be on my list for sure. All right, games my involving was, my uncle was uh oh go ahead go ahead no feel free. My uncle was a uh, director of investigations for the Warren County Sheriff's Department for many many years. He'd probably be my first call. Okay. I really think I was today days old when um, I realized you had a brother. Good to know. He's my little brother, but he's 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 big kid. Yeah, he, he's big, strong. He's he's not he's not old pudgy like I am. Mm. Try it again. Games involving top twenty five teams this weekend. Ole Miss and State tomorrow night. How about this on Friday? You got a bunch on Friday. Four of them. Baylor at Texas. Do you realize that Texas still has a shot at the Big 12 title game? They do. Yes. You got to have some help. They do, and it starts with beating Baylor. NC State at North Carolina. North Carolina now 17th in the country, coming off an inexplicable loss last week to Georgia Tech at home. Yeah, they choked it. I mean, Oof. could have outside shot, sure, but could have played their way into the playoff and choked that away. UCLA at Cal. Eh. UCLA only a 10-point favorite, which is a little surprising. And Florida at Florida State. Florida State is a 10.5-point favorite in that game. Most juice in that game in a long time. With the Gators and the Knolls. I mean, any yeah. not just most juice, but for the first time in how long it's had any juice. Yeah. You rolled a Saturday at 11 o'clock, clean old-fashioned hate, Georgia Tech in Georgia. That interim's Georgia. done a good job there at Georgia Tech. I mean, they're going to get blown out in this game in Athens for sure, but he won four ACC games this year. They're five and six. Yeah. Do you remember how the season began... They lost to Clemson, were competitive for a half. They beat Western Carolina. They got smoked by Ole Miss in Atlanta. They lost to Georgia Tech. And that's when they fired Jeff Collins. I'm sorry, they lost to to UCF. Georgia Tech did. Fired Jeff Collins. Then they won back-to-back against Pitt and Duke. Duke's pretty good. Pitt was in the top 25 at the time. 
lost to Virginia and Florida State, beat Virginia Tech, lost to Miami, beat North Carolina. Look, they are a win against a bad Virginia team from being bowl eligible already. It's impressive. Yeah, it is. And they did that with a third-string quarterback against North Carolina last week. Third string. Michigan-Ohio State. Buckeyes are a a 7.5-point home favorite. The scenes are going to be immaculate. Have you guys looked at the weather? I haven't. We need a light dusting of snow to really make that game just chef's kiss. Perfect. I rewatched the the HBO special on the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. I still think it's overrated, but it's really well done, and they don't like each other. They do not. Yeah, the story the story about Woody Hayes uh, during their team meal before playing at Michigan, slamming his hand on a table and standing up and kicking the waitresses out of the room because he thought they were plants by Michigan because they were too attractive and they were going to distract his team from the game. Kicked the waitresses out of the room because he thought Michigan planted pretty girls in there to distract his players before again. Bad Friday, news, we need to replay the uh, we need to replay the uh, the audio of the Michigan announcer when the Ohio State takes down the banner. We yeah. need to replay that. <laughs> Bad news for you: high of fifty two yeah, on Saturday no in Columbus, oh. Ohio. No, no snow God. for that one. No, no good. No good. No for that one. Our buddy Brett Norsworthy's going to that game. He's always wanted oh, to go to Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, he's going. Flying up on uh, Friday morning. Awesome. Checking it all out. That's very cool. Sports Talk Mississippi, one hour in the books. Back with you after this. There were altercations all across the field, and there were probably 80 players that were involved in this situation. The pick is up, and it is no good! It is a series that began in 1901. Mississippi State is looking for its first eight-win season since 2018. That was the last year that the Bulldogs won the battle for the Golden Egg in Oxford. Mississippi State has already claimed its first six-win season at home since 2018. They've won at least six home games five times in program history. Over the last 30 meetings, going back to 1991, the battle for the Golden Egg is dead even. 15 wins for Mississippi State, 15 wins for Ole Miss. When you look at it from the Ole Miss side of things, the series record is 64-46 to with six ties. Um... Mississippi State, I, I can't, I can't even figure out the adjustments on the schedule. The the series going back to 1901, games that have been played that we saw 
and we didn't see, but they were actually played on the field 64-46 to with six ties. That's the record in the series. 95th time that they have played for the Golden Egg Trophy. The two schools started playing for the trophy in 1927. 31st time the series has been played on Thanksgiving Day. Ole Miss has won three more than Mississippi State in Thanksgiving Day games, and they are 4-3-1 and one in Oxford. Just a few notes for Here's you one about for you. the Egg Bowl. Yes, This one for you that I think you'll like. You'll, you'll enjoy this one. Ole Miss 9-0 against Mississippi State on November 24th. Are they really? At the house. Yeah, I saw that. that saw that the other day. Okay, is that like betting on green? It's got to hit this time. Or, or not green, I suppose, but red or black. I mean, if red is hit nine times in a row, you are compelled to bet black, right? Yeah, even though statistically it's still just 50-50, yeah. Statistic, well, it's not even 50-50 because you got those two green spots yeah, right, on the yeah. wheel. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You want to get in on some of that roulette action, you can do so at the uh, the Golden Moon Casino. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit the Golden Moon or the Silver Star for your gaming action. And, of course, you've got the Golden uh, the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Be sure to check that out as well. If you want to be a part of the conversation, love for you to join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Let C Spire help your business get the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in C Spire country. A note on the ceasefire text line, Southern Miss basketball just beat Purdue Fort Wayne 70 to 58. They are now 6 and 0 on the year and they are winners of the Mayan division of the Cancun Challenge. Congratulations to Southern Miss basketball. Playing well early. Good basketball is so much fun. Yeah, it's been good in the state so far. So far this year, state State back at it tonight against Utah, I believe, in that Fort Myers uh, classic down there. So, see what happens. Very and good. the game of the day tomorrow. You can't forget about the... Of course, yes, yes. The Stanford Cardinal, who I think are terrible, and Ole Miss basketball on ESPNU. Get your uh, get your popcorn ready. Is that tip-off at like 11? Something like that, yeah. There will be NFL games on. Look, I know we've got to cover Ole Miss and we've got to cover Mississippi State, and I watch Ole Miss and Mississippi State play basketball because that's what I have to do for my job. I will be watching football tomorrow uh, of the NFL variety, and I will have the score app up to check uh, basketball a couple of times. You'll have lots of basketball opportunities as the season progresses. And you would hope bigger games than Stanford in November. If there's not a bigger game than this, then well, we we we're gonna have some more entertaining things to talk about come April. But for now, guys, we we zipped through the point spreads for games involving SEC teams at the end of the show yesterday. I think this merits a little bit more conversation. And let's start with the game right here in the state of Mississippi, a line that has moved a little bit. Ole Miss is currently a two point favorite. If I remember correctly, this opened at four and a half or five. It came down to one and a half. It went back up to two and a half, and now it seems to have settled at about two. And the total in the game is 61. 
feels like with the weather being what it's going to be, it should have gone the other way. It would have gone the other way under normal circumstances. But with all the uncertainty surrounding Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, that's what's driving it down. That seems reasonable. Oh, it's, it's very fair, especially going off of what you saw last week. Ole Miss was, what, a, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Arkansas and lost by 15, and we're down by a lot more than that uh, in the second half. So, I mean, you, you can make a reasonable argument that, hey, there's this, there's a distraction that's, that's, that's hurting them right now. Yeah. Or key thoughts? Yeah, I mean that's that's a big factor in this is whether or not they can they can block out the noise in play because a focused Ole Miss offense is hard for anybody to stop anybody to stop, especially the the running game. So that, that's something that can't be ignored here. We'll do two questions and and that should just be a qualifier. Okay, take the Kiffin stuff out football wise, but that is a big factor here. How? Because I've talked to people over the last day or so, and players are, in some cases, frustrated, mad, um, concerned. The, the The pro mindset thing is a cute buzz phrase, but they're humans. They're 19, 20-year-old human beings, and there's stuff going on in the locker room because of the actions of their head coach. Whether or not he stays, it doesn't matter. They are... According to people that I've talked to that absolutely would know, there is frustration with how this is all being handled inside of the building. Can they lock in and focus and and play well? Luckily, it, it is the Egg Bowl, right? And th- these guys know the importance of it. They care about winning this game. They care about each other. They care about winning football games. So maybe that's enough to get them to kind of snap out of it and, and line up and play. Because it is their last game without knowing what the bold destination is. And it is a very important last game. And sometimes, even if it's somebody within your own building, there can be a galvanizing factor of of distraction or, or whatever the stuff that's that's pressing against you can galvanize you and motivate you. Didn't happen last week. Maybe this week it does. But it, it can't be ignored uh, when thinking about how this game plays out. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's the biggest unknown, right? You, you don't know how the Ole Miss team is going to react. You, you don't know what the preparation has been like. I mean, I think in terms of the practices themselves, they've been fine this week. But there's so much other stuff that is going on, you can't help but, uh, you can't help but wonder. What about Arkansas and Missouri? On Friday afternoon, Arkansas favored by three. Missouri's been so close so many times this season, and yet they've come up short in those games, for the most part, when they've been close. Hanging in the balance for Missouri is bowl eligibility. We saw what a healthy K.J. Jefferson can do last week. He changes Arkansas offensively. I feel like Arkansas's kind of gotten back to where they were a little bit, but I also feel like Missouri is kind of due. They've had such hard losses this year. They should have beat Georgia. They should have beat Florida. They should have beat Auburn. Are they finally going to finally beat somebody here? I don't know. I think it's going to be a really close game. Though is it three and a half? Yeah, three, three and a half, depending on where you look. Could be one where, and I hate taking those low lines when you're taking the underdog, but that really could be one where Missouri loses by like one. 
Yeah, it looks like it's sitting on three, which is the number that Borky gave us as well. So sitting on three, it is in Como, 2.30 on CBS on Friday afternoon. Weather not going to be an issue. Mid-50s. I don't know. That may be disappointing to Eli Drinkwitz, but... uh, yeah, mid-50s. Tougher opponents <laughs> to play in that. I still I can't mean, get over the fact that he said that they've got an advantage in their division because it gets cold in Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Not going to be nearly as cold as what Arkansas dealt with last week or the week before. It's going to feel downright balmy in comparison to the uh, last couple of weeks for the Razorbacks. So those end zones, by the way, how, how does the league let them play like that? Did you see that? Arkansas? It was happening in Arkansas players, too. This is not an imbalanced thing. But... Their end zones were so matted down and hard, players were slipping in them. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Do you have to go to turf then? I mean, if you can't keep a a playable field to the point where it's rock solid and players are slipping during the course of play, you got to do something about that. But remember, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, a little atypical on the weather, though. They had had snow and ice the week before. Temperatures barely got above freezing all week. Grass is dead. Painted end zones. Yeah, it's just kind of, kind of a thing. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll pick up lines when we come back. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. In his two years at Mississippi State, he rushed for 2,157 yards and had 29 touchdowns. And despite only playing two years, he's third on Mississippi State's career touchdown list. 19 touchdowns in 2010, school single season record. We're talking about Vic Ballard, who joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Of course, Vic went on to have a good career in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. And then a uh, practice squad year with the uh, Saints as well. Vic, appreciate a few minutes of your time. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, I'm glad to be here. So, uh, as we've done throughout the course of the week in talking with former players, I- I've kind of started everybody out the same way. W- when I say Egg Bowl, when when you think about the rivalry between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, what's uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Hey, it's Ole Miss Hate Week, man. It's- Ole Miss Hate Week and Stack Game because uh, we, whenever I was there, we always had uh, we always put up a lot of points. What, what, what's your what's your favorite Egg Bowl memory, Vic? Um, let me think. It would it, it would probably be the uh, Egg Bowl of 2010. Um, I, uh, that year, I broke the single season um, touchdown record with 16 touchdowns in the season. And 2010, let's see, that was uh, that was a game that was in Oxford. 31-23 was the final, so kind of a back-and-forth ball game and a big win. You guys were ranked going into uh, into that ball game. Yep. Did you prefer playing – so you had two years, right? One in Oxford, one in uh-huh. Starkville. Did, did you prefer right. being in the road environment or being at home for that game? Oh, no. Uh, you know, I would play every game at home if I could. You know, there's nothing like those cowbells, but uh, sometimes you know, you got to go on the road, so just got to make it happen. Well, and the reason I asked you that, because I know that may sound a little bit like a dumb question, but there are players who along the way have talked about going on the road and the ability to kind of quiet a road crowd is one of the coolest things that you can do in sports. No, it's weird to me because uh, actually my first road game that I played at Mississippi State, I scored a touchdown and I didn't hear anything, so I thought it was a penalty. 
but uh, we just didn't have the home crowd to cheer for us. So <laughs> I, I definitely like being at home better. Vic, the, the trio you guys of you guys in the backfield with you and Chris Ralph and Ladarius Perkins, you guys just had great success against Ole Miss in your two years there. Scored a lot of touchdowns. Ralph, you know, won all three games that he played against the Rebels. What was it about Chris Ralph that, that, that he elevated his game in this particular rivalry? Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, but like you said, it's like whenever whenever we play Ole Miss, like some minute was just totally different. Um, I actually watched the highlight of him um, last night against Ole Miss in 2010. He had like a 50-yard run. I was like, man, I, it's like, I don't even remember that, but that's typical Chris Ralph versus Ole Miss. When we look at the 2011 game, and I'm good friends with Chad Bumpus, and, and he always okay. talks about that game saying he's mad because it could have been 70 to nothing. That's the way yeah. he looks at it. He's like, that game is a game y'all could have named your score. We talk about Ole Miss, you know, kind of a similar situation in that Ole Miss, you know, Houston Nutt was already out the door. Lane Kiffin, right. we, we think he's going now. How early in that game could you tell that Ole Miss didn't really want to be out there with y'all? Well, the 2010 game? Or the 2011. What, what, Oh, 2011. Uh, honestly, I don't remember a whole lot. I just remember it was uh, kind of wet, and uh, we, we put up a lot of points. But they, um, I don't think they, they didn't put up much of a fight from what I remember because uh, I think that game I, I had a 100-plus a and a handful of touchdowns as well. So, um, But you, you could kind of feel it in their spirit. You know, they, they, they talked a lot of trash, but you know, they, they couldn't really back it up. Going back to your high school career, Vic, you, you, you're from Pascagoula, you go right. the junior college route, you end up at Mississippi State. Take me back to when you were making that transition from, from Gulf Coast to uh, to Mississippi State and what the recruiting process was like. It was rough, man. A lot of people don't know that uh, I was actually a JUCO All-American first team and uh, only had really two scholarships, one to Troy University and the other to Mississippi State University. And um, I, wanted, you know, I wanted to play in the SEC. I wanted to play amongst the best, so... Uh, I signed with Mississippi State, and it was a rough transition because, uh, you know, obviously you go into one of the best conferences in college football, so I had to get used to the lingo, uh, the speed of play, the, the physical size of, you know, the Georgias, the Alabamas. You know, it was nothing like I had played in JUCO. But um, once, I, once I got used to everything, it was, it was smooth sailing after that. Everybody talks about what junior college football is like in the state of Mississippi and how it's the uh-huh. best junior college football that you'll find anywhere, and I don't think there's any debate about that. That's interesting uh-huh. for me to hear you talk about the transition, and even though you get good players on everybody you play at the JUCO level in Mississippi, it's not the SEC, is it? No, no, definitely not. Uh, you do have a lot of players that come from Mississippi JUCOs that go on, go on and play at SEC schools, but... Like I mentioned before, it's still it's still not the SEC. Like I said, you, you have caliber players. You have uh, the Darius Slays, the Pernell McPhees, uh, you know, a handful of other players, myself included. Now, we, we played at high levels in JUCO, but it's, it's definitely not the same as playing uh, in the SEC every week. Vic, know, how every Dan, week. Vic, how did Dan Mullen coach the Egg Bowl? Because he obviously took it very, very seriously. Yeah, he he always had a lot of fire and a lot of a lot of passion that week. It, I would say this: during the week, he was he was playful, kind of. You know, he was lighthearted. But the closer we got to game day, you know, it, it's like a switch turn, and he was, uh, he was more more had had, had more of a fire. And uh, we could see that, and it, and it leaked over to the game day. I remember in um, 2011, we we actually jumped up on Ole Miss, I think 31 to three, and they started coming back and. 
you know, they ended up, you know, scoring those uh, extra 20 points. But over that course of them scoring the points, he was, you know, we, we were still up big, but he was, you know, cussing everybody on the, out on the sideline because, uh, you know, he wanted to hang 50 on them. I'm pretty sure he did. But uh, I'll say he, uh, he's a pretty fiery coach, as you can see from watching television sometimes. Hey, Vic, tell us about what you're up to now, where, where you are, and, and kind of give listeners uh, a little bit of a, a glimpse into uh, to life after football for you. Yeah, so currently um, I'm actually graduating uh, from Mississippi. Uh, I'm sorry, graduated from University of Central Florida uh, for mechanical engineering in about two weeks. So uh, I accepted Congratulations. The yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. <laughs> it's been a long road. Awesome. But uh, I basically had to start over from the beginning. But, you know, I'm here and uh, I accepted a position with Lockheed Martin out in uh, Atlanta. So I'll be relocating that soon. So if anybody in the area, you know, some dogs in the area, let me know. I'll be glad to connect with you. That'll be good. Hey, Mississippi State's going to be hitting you up for some for some NIL money before long with that uh, that engineering oh, career man. in the future. Hey, me and, me and my me and some of my teammates that I played with at Mississippi State, we talk about the NIL stuff all the time. We was like, man, we played a couple years too late because uh, them, them boys are getting paid now, man. I'm, I'm happy for them, but I'm mad that I missed out on that train. Vic, I just read an article from Sports Illustrated that was talking about how college rivalries play out in NFL locker rooms when you have, mm-hmm. you know, some of the rival players in there. Did you play with anybody from Ole Miss in your time with the Colts? And did y'all ever have any any bets on the game? Yeah, yeah, I played with a uh, played with a handful of them, uh, two of them for sure that I can think of off the top of my head. But we never had any wages or anything like that. The only um, only time I ever had a wager with anybody was when Mississippi State, Mississippi State was number one in the country and they were playing Alabama. And uh, so I had a, I had a couple bets with uh, we had at the time we had Trent Richardson on the team and another guy named Josh Chapman. So uh, we trash talked all week for that. I, I hope they gave you some points. Uh, <laughs> no, we actually went straight up, and uh, you know I lost, but you know it, it was what it was. It was it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> hey, I, I am curious about this, Vic. As somebody that grew up in the state of Mississippi, I, I mean, you said a second ago, you know, it's it's hate week uh, when it comes to Ole Miss. But when you're playing against guys that that maybe you saw in high school, maybe you saw at the junior college ranks, is there level, a level of respect that maybe fans don't see or, or don't realize because you guys know what each other are going through? I would say yes and no because I actually had two teammates that I played with at Gulf Coast that signed with Ole Miss, and and during that even before the game started, you know we went out uh, as captains. They were trash talking me. I'm like, man, you're supposed to be my, you're supposed to be my boy. You out here trash talking me. <laughs> so, uh, so during the game, one time uh, I actually ended up having a cut blocked against one of my my former teammates, like I said, and. I think I kind of hurt him a little bit, and he got mad over it. You know, and he didn't—he didn't even speak to me after the game. He spoke to me the next week. So, uh, I think some guys like say you have a certain level of respect, but the other guys, you know, they—they they take it to heart. So, um, but it's all—it's all in the spirit of competition. But um, like I can say, yeah, it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, it's definitely some guys that are a lot less serious, and some that are a lot more serious about it. Vic, last thing for you as we wrap up. I, I'm sure you've kept up with Mississippi State, maybe Ole Miss to a lesser degree. When, when you look at this matchup this year, and it looks like it's going to be in the rain uh, tomorrow night, what do, what do you think is important? Uh, just in the rain, just you know, take take good care of the football. Uh, obviously, you want to get the, the running game going because you know, they got that average uh, offense. So if you can keep them honest, you know, we're running the football, I think you'll have the, the whole playbook open to them. Hey, hey Dad is skeptical – 
that you're going to do that, though. Vic knows. That, that, that Mike Leach Vic is going to run the ball. We are asking a running back. We are asking a running back what he would do. I mean, he's going to say run the ball. Hey, but you know what's funny? I'm a, I'm a running back, but I like planning spread offenses because I, I like to keep things balanced. I don't like uh, – I didn't like, uh, you know, the nine-man boxes and the eight-man boxes. I want to get the defense into dime and run it down their throat. You know, get them in the dime, get them in the nickel. You know, take take a lot of the big men off the field and, and let them run the ball <laughs> out, of, out, of, out, of, out of, you know, formations like that. But, um, I'm, like I said, I, I like I like playing a spread offense, but I am a running back at the end of the day. So we you definitely have to run the ball. <laughs> Got to run the ball. Vic, thanks so much for your time again. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, congratulations on finishing up that degree. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Robinson checking the 6-5, comes on the bootleg action, has running room toward the goal line, and the corner scores! Sleepy Robinson on the bootleg action, runs over Chauncey Godwin, and scores! Rapid in maroon and white! Pitches to Deuce, now he's going to throw back to the near side to Miller, he catches 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Wow! He's doing it all tonight, Deuce at He's doing it all tonight! Somebody forgot to cover the quarterback! If you are an Ole Miss fan and you saw that game, that's a play that you probably will always remember, the Deuce McAllister throwback to Romero Miller. If you're a Mississippi State fan and you were at that game, you could still still remember that play, too. Yeah, well, I guess fondly is the word that I didn't uh, didn't include. Fondly, in add that word, yeah. Yes, if, if, if you're an Ole Miss fan, that's a fond memory. If you're a Mississippi State fan, less so. Whew. Is there uh, Okay, I think I know what the answer is. I, or at least for me, if I was in your shoes, I know how I would answer this question. Mm-hmm. Is there one play in the history of the Egg Bowl for Mississippi State that in your mind stands out mm-hmm. above all the rest? It's between two for me. Um, it's between I, I, I can guess Sermones, what one of them is. C.J. Sermones' touchdown in 1999, mm-hmm. or Derek Pegues' punt return in 2007? Oh. Well, then I'm wrong. What were you going to go with? I, I would have gone with Robert Bean kick pick. The interception? Yeah. The interception is great, but the touchdown to tie the game, you know, because, I mean, the game was tied. You needed the touchdown. So, mm-hmm. Simone's being wide open to me is always a little bit more, a little bit more uh, memorable. Than, than the interception. Although the interception is a great play. And you can listen to my interview with Robert Bean on today's Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. Borgie, where were you going? Oh, I was, for some reason, I thought that uh, the Elijah Moore celebration was going to be in Haydad's most memorable. I'm new to this, so there, oh, there aren't is, that but... many memorable ones, but th- that one will forever stick in my mind, f- forever, because of what happened after. Not only did that cost his team the game because of the missed extra point to follow, but the coaching fallout that came after that. It is hard to top one personal foul And then COVID-19. And then Elijah Moore brought us COVID. I mean, my goodness. Thanks, dude. But, yeah, that one will stand out to me forever. It's hard to imagine one play creating such a butterfly effect of destruction like that play did. You know, it's hard for me to go just one play for Ole Miss 
But there's one game that, to me, felt different than all the rest. 2012 in Oxford. Ole Miss won that game 41-24. And that was the that was the Dante Moncrief, feed Moncrief game. And, hey, Dad, I just remember that particular game, especially in the second half, felt like, and, and again, this is from an Ole Miss perspective, it felt like it just turned into a party in the stadium. Like it was like, yeah, there's a football game going on, but it was like just this big celebratory party. And I got out of there after Moncrief's second touchdown because I was just like, I see where this is going. This is good. Uh, but, yeah, I've had enough. Uh, but that you're right because think about it. State had won three straight. Mm-hmm. They led by 10 in the first half of that game. They were up 17-7, to and you thought, okay, they're about to get four straight on, on, on this. And, and Freeze... Say what you want about the NCAA stuff. I think Freeze's first recruiting class, or that 2013 class, is different if they don't go to a bowl game. No doubt. I think that he had. No doubt. I think he had to show the success to some of those guys. So getting winning that game and getting bowl eligible was huge because you've just gone through the two of the worst years in Ole Miss football history, and now you had that belief, sort of the same way State did in '09. They're like, okay, we got the coach here. We're going to turn this around. I remember being in there, and yes, you're, you're correct. The Ole Miss fans were absolutely going crazy. Took the field after the game, right? They did. Not as slow as Vanderbilt did after uh, they beat Florida, but but they did. So 41-24 was the, uh, was the final in that one. Yeah. Was it a 77-yard touchdown from Moncrief that really got it going? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I mean, All right, so, like, Ole Miss scored in the opening 10, drive. Nothing. No, it was on the score on the open on their drive. They were up, I think, seventeen to seven. I think that's right. Okay. Because I know Ole Miss scored, and then on the ensuing kickoff, Jamie on Lewis took it all the way back to tie it, and then State got the lead after that. Had a long pass from Tyler Russell in there somewhere to to either Bumpus or or somebody. I'm not. I don't, so, I don't so recall it. State led fourteen to ten. Okay, and then Moncrief had the seventy-seven yard catch and run, and Ole Miss went on a thirty-one to three route after that. Gross. Hmm. Yeah, for you, for me. You know, I'm pretty sure that it was twenty to tw- or you know twenty-seven twenty in twenty sixteen, and then State scored you know what thirty unanswered or twenty-eight unanswered on that one. That's probably gross for you. So, is, speaking of gross, is the forecast is dire? And, and by dire, I don't mean like tornadoes or anything, but is it really just going to rain throughout the entire course of the game? We have reached the point where we can go to an hourly forecast on weather.com. Kickoff tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. Winds uh, 56 degrees, 74% chance of rain. 7 o'clock, 54 degrees, 77% chance of rain. 8 o'clock, it switches to showers at 58%. Nine o'clock, fifty-seven percent showers. So there, there's a better than fifty percent chance that it rains the entire game for the entire game. Yes, for the entire game. Wow. That. Uh, so I mean, you guys have been in this a lot longer than I have. What is the worst weathered Egg Bowl game of all time? Was it 2011? That was bad, right? It was rain. 88. I mean, there were tornado sirens in Jackson. Played, played I, I almost said sirens. something, and I would have made you feel bad if I said it. But I'm, I'm, I'm holding back. I'm not going to say it. 
And 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 despite the tornado sirens happening, in the infamous words from the great movie Bagger Vance, play will continue. Yes. There was no, we're going to stop it for lightning five miles out or anything like that. That was nope. a miserable day in Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Um, 2003 was just an absolute deluge of rain. Of rain. Now, it stopped, I think, in the fourth quarter. But the first half of that game, I mean, like... The, Brutal. Uh, hey, Dad, if I remember correctly, there are, for lack of a better word, drain holes that are in the facing of the upper deck, at least mm-hmm. on the west side. And water mm-hmm. was puddled up in that bottom step, and it was just like a, a waterfall that was coming off of the yeah. upper deck into the stands below. I believe it. Oh, two, I'm trying to think it might have been the coldest one that I can remember. It was freezing in Oxford in 02. I'm trying to think if there's one that's just like... 92 was really cold, cold also. What wasn't there? Wasn't there? So I don't know that one. Yeah, I mean it's not going to be freezing. Ninety six, ninety six was played in a slog in Oxford. Ninety six. That's Stuart Patridge. Nah, yeah, he would. Him and Paul Head were still there. I think he and, he and Paul Head. And so that was the year after Josh State, Nelson State. was done. Yeah, State shuttle will miss out seventeen. All the all the points were defensive. State had a pick six, a fumble recovery, and a safety. Hmm. Hmm. Played in an absolute mud pit at Vaught Hemingway. You know, people I, talk about the air raid and how, how weather could affect that. Ole Miss, it, Ole Miss's running offense is not lining up in the I formation, turning around and hang it, handing it off. There's a lot of moving parts even in their running game. The, the meshes and the quick pitches and stuff like that that they do. It's not as simple as take the snap and stick it in your running back's gut and let him go. They're a little bit more modern than that. So handling the football is still going to be an issue for Ole Miss as well as Mississippi State, even though they don't pass it, obviously, near as much. Good news about the weather tomorrow night. doesn't look like it's going to rain on my turkey cooking. I'm thankful for that. (laughs) I was getting a little worried about keeping the uh, the grill hot with uh, like a, a, a downpour happening. I think we talked about that earlier in the week. Um, any other just moments, good or bad, Ole Miss or Mississippi State, that stand out above all the rest? The Wallace fumble again. I'm I'm pretty short on Ember Beckles. I've seen, but that's I mean he's going in to score. And then doesn't. At that 2000 Egg Bowl, State was up two touchdowns when Madkin had to come out of the game. Ole Miss comes back. Then State comes all the way back and ties it. They had back-to-back touchdowns called back by penalty, and then it got out of hand and Ole Miss got control of the game, and that's when Deuce went crazy. Deuce, Deuce scoring in that game on a, on like the first play of the second half, like an 80-yard run, as a bad memory, but I mean, I just remember him and the rain's coming down and he's just running through. I was like, God, I hate this guy. What would it take for you to leave early on Saturday night or Thursday night? Well, I'm working. That's a no. no I just, I just, I understand that you are, but I mean, I didn't know if there was like a level of disgust where you would be no, like, I'm out. No. If, okay. I, if I'm working, I'm working. 
If I was in the stands and, and Ole Miss was up three touchdowns late in the third quarter, yeah, I'll get out of there. Uh, let's see here. Chris and Tuplo says either 2000 or 2001 in Oxford, it was bad. Cold, rainy, windy, I broke my leg. Ugh. That's 2000. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 if you want to be a part of the conversation. Ken in Columbus, what year was it when the wind blew the field goal back into the field? Can't remember if it was MSU or Ole Miss. Do you remember, Hayden? I can remember. I'm having trouble remembering also. I mean, I was seven, but yeah. It was, it was uh, 1983. I was not there. I did not even live in the state of Mississippi at that point. That was before we uh, we moved to Mississippi. So, yeah, 1983 um, in Jackson at Memorial Stadium. Talked about that some throughout the uh, course of the week. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. They've got Holly Jolly Holidays going on. That got started on Monday of this week and will go through January 2nd. The ice skating rink is open. It will be closed tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day. It will also be closed on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Otherwise, open every day, 3 to 8, Monday through Friday, from noon until 8 on Saturday and 1 until 6 on Sunday, $12 gets you uh, unlimited skate time on that uh, that particular day, and there has been a massive turnout for that already. Uh, kids are lined up on Monday and uh, waiting for it, and uh, just a really cool thing. And uh, check it out, Holly Jelly Holidays. Visit OxfordMS.com or follow along on their social media accounts, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, at VisitOxfordMS. Um, we, were, we were walking through some of the lines earlier. And we made it uh, through three games. What about Georgia Tech at Georgia? Georgia is a 35-and-a-half point favorite over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And Georgia Tech's played a lot better since they let Jeff Collins go. And Brent Key has a real chance to get that job full-time, I think. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to have much of a shot in this one. I think Georgia will probably cover that. Little bit overmatched. Although Georgia offensively has not really been impressive for weeks now. Very inconsistent, if nothing else. Yeah, when you when you think about Georgia, this is this is a year that, that I think has been a little bit unique for them in Georgia has turned up the volume twice. They cranked it to full blast in the season opener and beat Oregon 49-3. to Felt like they beat them by more, honestly. They beat South Carolina 48-7 to on the road. That was impressive. Hung on for dear life against Missouri. Had to come from behind in that game. It was kind of a pull away late against Auburn 42-10. to They smoked Vanderbilt. They beat Florida, but Florida made it a game for a little while. 
and then they turned up the volume against Tennessee. I know the final score of that, the margin was only 14, it was 27 to 13, but Georgia absolutely dominated in that football game. They pulled away and dominated the second half against Mississippi State. Last week was a little bit of a slog, right? I mean, they were up, what, 16 to nothing mm-hmm. going in for a touchdown, not able to convert, and Kentucky made it a game, kept it a game all the way through. This is a rivalry game, but it's. I don't know. I, I've never been in Athens. Hasn't been in a while. Yeah, it, it just it's not competitive and it hasn't been in a long time. So what we'll, was we'll the see. last win for, for Tech? Uh, that's a know? good question. I will uh, I will Look dig up the answer to that question. But I'm gonna have to uh say I had George's notes right here. Uh I don't know if I'll be like able to easily get to it though. It may take a little bit. Anyway. Let's see here. So who knows with Georgia? I know they're really 2016 talented. was Georgia Tech's last uh, win. Was that Kirby's first year? It would have been Kirby's first year. Yeah. That was the year that Ole Miss beat Georgia and Oxford also. Yes. Uh, how about South Carolina getting 14 and a half at Clemson? Now that one feels a little bit interesting, huh? More so than it did a week ago. Yeah, and, you know, that was the first time in three years Spencer Rattler looked like the guy everybody hyped him up to be. So Since, since his freshman year, right? Yeah, at Oklahoma. So should we... I've had this internal battle. Did they figure something out with him offensively? Or was that an anomaly performance similar to Steven Garcia against Alabama back in 2010. It's what he's capable of. And and, and Shane Beamer challenged him. He said, I didn't bring you here to dink and dunk. Press the issue. Let's go see what happens. And he did, and boy, did he. I just just think that they're just due for a huge letdown after that. I I just don't see how they can't. I know it's Clemson, and that'll help carry him a little bit, but... I don't think they can play like that two weeks in a row. Lose this game, and you'll see why Dabo's representation reached out to Auburn. However casual that interaction may have been. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it was particularly serious, more so than just a courtesy, but still. We get a message here that says, 35 is a lot of points to cover when you'll be resting guys in the second half. True. And And... Georgia might take their foot off the gas knowing what they've got the following week. College Football Fix is next. Ole Miss is coming out on the field, and they'll be greeted with a familiar Bronx cheer. That, too, is traditional, just as other things are in this thing called the world of sports. Even if they don't score, they're controlling the ball. Powell fumbles, and Mississippi State recovers. The Egg Bowl, where the only thing the fans in the stands can agree on is that LSU can go to hell. Dak Prescott, Prescott, forget about it, touchdown Mississippi State. The trophy is back in the hands of the Ole Miss Rebels. 
Final hour of Sports Talk Mississippi live prior to the 2022 Egg Bowl. Ole Miss and Mississippi State tomorrow night. Vaught Hemingway Stadium, 6 o'clock kickoff. I mean, we only spend an entire year leading up to it. 364 days of discussion about the Egg Bowl, at least if Brian Haydad's in charge. Uh, and then we get to the game. And we are now 25 hours from kickoff and uh, can't wait for it. Of course, we'll be live with you on Friday here on Sports Talk Mississippi to break down the game and any other news that perhaps goes along with it. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> perhaps. Who we knows? We shall see. Guys, there's a football game tomorrow. I don't know if you. By knew the that. way, if I'm not here or I'm late on Friday, it has nothing to do with the outcome of the game, win, lose, or draw. No, no I'm just That's telling. Not what you. I'm going to tell you all, though. I, I'm, I'm not going to go for that. Yeah, I'm just telling you right now. I'll even show you. I have a flight that leaves Memphis. Oh, don't show your flight information. Oh, please do. Don't do that. Somebody will end up taking that seat from you. Also, what are the don't last four digits of or of your social security number, Richard? Yeah. Where did you go to elementary school? Who was your My first flight? Pet? Gets into Philadelphia at twelve fifty-two on Friday, which is eleven fifty-two Central Time. There should be plenty of time. I have to go straight from the airport to Temple's practice, and then I'm hustling to the airport. I don't anticipate any issues. I'm just saying, if I'm late, that's why I will be there at some point. I'm just, I'm just ready for the text line and the tweets. If State wins and Kiffin's gone and Richard's not here, he wouldn't even show his face. I'll never forget being And I will egg that on, and I will stoke that fire. I'll just go ahead and let you know right now. I'll never forget being accused of uh, (laughs) scrubbing our podcast of Kendall Rogers speaking positively about Mississippi State's chances to win a national championship in baseball. Because I had to leave the second the show ended. This was back when I had to auto-upload the podcast and they, they weren't automated like they are now. Uh, because I was getting to see my son in an ultrasound for the first time. But, buddy, it was an anti-Mississippi State conspiracy that went all the way to the top. Not Southern Miss to the top, but uh, to people uh, who are quote-unquote credentialed media. So that was a good day. I leave the ultrasound, got to see him yawn, which was the coolest thing. And on the way out, I'm getting text messages like, Borky, you've got certain person accusing you of scrubbing your podcast of positive Mississippi State content. Yeah, I had to, I had to come back yeah. to work and deal with that. So, yeah, yeah. He yawned. What were you talking? Oh, yeah, I know, right? It was uh, that's the cool technology's amazing. I got to see him yawn at 15 weeks in there. It was the coolest. Were you giving thing. some of your takes? Is that what made him yawn? <laughs> My God! Uh, somebody asked about uniforms. We oh, know yeah. for sure that Ole Miss is going you know gray pants, Navy jerseys, Navy helmets. There was a tweet from Mississippi State football earlier today that said, turn those locked screens gold. I mean, it's a screensaver, but it's a screensaver with a football player, egg ball trophy in the foreground, and State's got on maroon jerseys and maroon helmets. We know they're not wearing that tomorrow so night, not, but is right, that, yeah. it, well, I'm just saying, is that any kind of a clue as to perhaps what Mississippi State will be wearing? 
I mean, possibly. I, I don't. I don't know though. Do they still put the uniform that they're wearing on Saturday on the mannequin in the Seal Building? No, Wayne Mannequin has been retired. Oh, that's not a thing anymore. No. Okay. Apparently, there is a light show that is happening in the stadium before kickoff on Thursday night as well. So, if you're into that, does a laser light show work in rain? Absolutely. Might even make it cooler, honestly, if you get the rain effect on the lasers. Yeah, yeah. could be uh, lasers. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, StreamingSuperTalk.fm. Thank you. Is that an ill temper? Did you did you get a land shark with a freaking laser beam on its head? Pearl River Resort Studios. Sometimes they have lasers at the Pearl River Resort, like when they have big, awesome concerts. You can find out about laser show concerts online at PearlRiverResort.com. You want to be part of the conversation? Ceasefire text line is the way to do it. 601-879-4395. Hey, just in case we forget to say it at the end of the show, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you and your family and your friends and whoever else you dine with or visit with tomorrow have a wonderful day. Looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. I love Thanksgiving. You just called hate out a loved one. No, I think he fell into the friends category. Although I did earlier say he was family. I, I thought I felt I felt I felt like I fell into the anyone else you're dining with category there. It's like, you know, some homeless vagrant happens to show up and you give him a plate. Hey, I think Houston's joining hey us Dad. tomorrow also. Now we're talking. Now, now it's a party. Yeah. When Houston shows up, you know that it's a party, right? That's right. Uh Let's get into the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You could climb into your F-150 and cruise into Oxford tomorrow for the Egg Bowl. You'd love it. A great way to travel. Uh, best-selling trucks in America, 45 straight years. That's F-Series from Ford. It's time. Two questions. Let's go. Where should we start? How about I'll just, you guys give two different answers. So Ole Miss and Mississippi State absolutely must do what if they want to win the game tomorrow? Just answer both questions at the same time. The visitors have the honor. Go first, hey, Dad. Let me back this mic up a little bit because I'm going to yell a little bit here. Run the ball! <laughs> I swear on everything I hold sacred. You know, I, I when I go to the press box, wherever I've been, I try to be professional. I don't, I don't have meltdowns. I don't yell. I don't cheer. You would never know I'm a diehard Bulldog sitting up there, even in the Egg Bowls I've been to. But I swear on everything I hold holy, that if we go into the fourth quarter of that game and State has handed the ball off like six or seven times, I'm going to have a complete freaking meltdown right there. I'm going to lose it. Run the football. No cheering in the press box. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. No cheering in the press box. Security, Get get the portly guy out of here. Get him out. Would it be yes. the greatest thing ever if you I will, got thrown out of the press box? I will Asked do my post-game show from the Lafayette County Jail. 
Run the football, Mike. Thank you. Well, I can't read this one on the uh, C Spire text line out loud. It's the same sentiment, with, but with more colorful language. <laughs> Run the 17 and ball. Hmm. But they've got to do that, right? I mean, I was telling Hey Dad earlier today. You can hear it tomorrow on Thunder and Lightning. Ole Miss's defense is designed to stop offenses like the one they're going to see tomorrow. That is what that defense is designed to stop. There's a lot of defensive backs on the fields, or on the field. There are safeties that play close to the line of scrimmage, and and they're good tacklers, and they play downhill. And if you're just going to throw underneath. Just little underneath stuff and some checkdowns to your running back. You're going to lose the game because that is what that defense is designed to do, and that is playing directly to their strengths as well. So I, I agree with that. You have to make it a point to run the football when you get light boxes like Arkansas got. You have to try to run them out of it or run them to death like Arkansas did. If you don't, you're going to lose. Because four yards per attempt and six and a half yards per completion is losing the game tomorrow. I hate to dislodge the momentum of Michael Borky's thought, but I have it on good authority that Haydad uh, may not be allowed into the stadium. And then if he does find his way into the stadium, that he may be escorted out of the stadium. Haydad... Uh, wear a GoPro on your chest when that happens, please. Thank you. <laughs> Borky's like, content! Content! <laughs> oh! Hey, Dad's not sure what to think about of that. Nervous over there. You, t- you tell Cobra Security they better bring more than one. It's an all-day oh, job. Oh, how big a boy are you? <laughs> How, How big, big a boy, boy are you? Are you? Thanks to Kiffin's antics and the weather, there's tickets available, so you, you sneak in. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll keep up two questions. I'm sitting in the, bo- the box with, with the bosses if that happens. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Keep, uh, I know we got to keep it going, right? With the, with two questions, but I am I, I have a a question for you. Is there an outcome? Well, everybody, collective you, even you on the C Smart text line. Is there an outcome tomorrow night that would surprise you? Ole Miss wins close. State wins close. Ole Miss wins in a blowout. State wins in a blowout. Any of those surprise you? I always feel like the Egg Bowl is a four-outcome game, that anything can happen and you shouldn't be overly surprised. I mean, And in this situation with Ole Miss, if we're talking about them possibly being distracted, possibly being you know not locked into the game because of, the, of all the coaching turmoil, the potential for a state blowout if things start going well for state early is there. But by that same token, if Ole Miss plays its best game and, and state does what it's been doing the past few weeks, the potential for the Ole Miss blowout is very much there as well. A blowout would be cathartic for either fan base. 
Yes. yes. Not 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 Keep that it point. is not that it's ever not, but but think about where we are, right? I mean, a blowout win for Mississippi State, and it would be like this big exhale. Okay, it didn't get to three in a row. Okay, Ole Miss has got problems. Okay, Mike Leach finally won a big one. That's eight wins. Bowl game just got better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Season that's been kind of me all along would end on an incredibly positive note at the end of the regular season. Similarly, yeah. for Ole Miss, it's been a week, right? I mean, or a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. And there's the disappointment of last week's performance. If Ole Miss were to come in and blow out Mississippi State tomorrow night, I think fans would be more in a sense of, okay, take a deep breath. It's all going to be okay. That's nine wins in the regular season. We're headed to Florida for a sunny, warm bowl game. Probably going to have a new coach. We'll see who that is. There's a whole bunch of money in the bank for NIL. Get after it. I think you have, you know, I think Ole Miss fans have faith in Keith Carter to go out and find a good coach. I agree. I do not think this is an easy coaching cycle to be hiring. No, there's some, there's some good, there's some good jobs out there. And you just went through a cycle where a lot of big jobs got filled. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so those guys are kind of off the market now. Some of the people you might have, if you wanted to make a splash hire, like I don't know. Who Ole Miss would get that's a splash hire? Like I think Dave Aranda is a really good coach and would be a great choice for Ole Miss, but I don't know if that's a splash hire. I think people would be overwhelmingly pleased with Dave Aranda. They they would, and especially he. I think he would continue to win. That's the biggest thing for Ole Miss with a win is that you've won 19 games in the last two years. That's as good a stretch as Ole Miss has had since Johnny Vaught was running the show in, in the late 50s, early 60s. I mean, that, that's a great stretch for everybody in college football, outside of the, the true elites. You know, you're, you're on the, the doorstep there at that point. You go to a bowl game and you win 10, a ten two back-to-back 10-win seasons. Who else in the SEC has done that but Georgia and Alabama? Nobody. LSU didn't win 10 games last year. Yeah. Somebody on the ceasefire text line says, Richard is grabbing for straws. No, I'm not really. Well, I'm not. I'm not grabbing at straws. I'm just throwing out all the possibilities. It's almost like it's a sports talk radio show in the state of Mississippi on the eve of the Egg Bowl. Uh, somebody says splash hires would be Fickle, Rule, or Dion. In his opinion, those would be splash hires. Those and I don't know though about Rule. Is it really a splash hire? I mean, he's a, he's probably the number one guy out there beyond Kiffin. But I mean, he's. He, I don't know if this splash is the word I would use well, for Matt. We need to stop worrying about splash anyway. Okay. Hire a winner. I mean, at, at this point, see, now, now what's yeah. interesting, things have changed a little bit. Um, because generally speaking, you need different to win in the state. And, and that still, to some degree, is true. But Ole Miss now has $10 million not pledged in the football-only NIL bank. If you believe New Bias Wilborn's reporting, that's $3 million more than Auburn. So unless Lane is either changing his mind or Auburn pulls the offer, you're going to less. But either way, that is nationally competitive. Paired with a nationally competitive salary. That changes things. And you, state fans out there can roll their eyes, whatever. $10 million in the bank ready to fire an NIL. 
plus a top 10 salary in the sport changes your job's perception. It changes your candidate list. It makes you more attractive than you would have been, say, 10 years ago. Trey and Grenada says, would Jeff Levy be an option for Ole Miss? No. Sure he would be an option. No way. You can't go down that road. I didn't say. The question was, would he be an option? I mean, you'd have to get way down the road. But we're one year removed from if Lane Kiffin had taken another job, Jeff Levy would have been hired. He didn't become a terrible football coach in a year. Well, he did get to run an offense on his own for the first time. Yeah. I mean, Josh Heupel was behind Josh Heupel. There have been a couple of games good and a couple of games where it looked really good. Behind Josh Heupel and then behind Lane Kiffin and then went on no. his own. And Oklahoma is debatably the worst team in the Big 12. You know whose name never comes up anymore? Richard does want to have that debate with you, but we're going to go another way. You know whose name never comes up anymore? Joe Brady. Guy was the hottest assistant was, coach in the country one. three years ago. And now, like, I don't even know what he's doing. I know he, got, he doesn't work for the Panthers anymore. Quarterbacks coach I don't even know what he's doing. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills. He's coaching Josh Allen right now. That's the guy who spot. I thought was going to be a – I mean, it's a good spot, but I thought he'd be a head coach by now. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought I'd call that. Him. But, but, but wasn't the, the book on him that um, he was not terribly interested in recruiting in the college game? He was way more interested in NFL that was, I think that they said that, but you know, now you're an assistant coach. You're not even a coordinator. Maybe, maybe you are interested. Being a head coach, I think that would be something that, that would interest I mean, almost anybody. Knowing what recruiting is, though, I mean, the quality of life as an NFL coach is just so different. It's much better. Yeah. We had a couple of people who said you guys are talking like it's a foregone conclusion that Lane is leaving, and do you know something that fans don't know? No, I mean it's not. Done. Right? I mean, it's not done until it's signed. But all signs point to Lane Kiffin leaving. They do. And if he doesn't, something changed on a dime, basically. Dramatically. Yes. Yes. Which does happen in silly season. It happens. It's happened before. It'll no doubt happen again. But if you believe reporting, multiple outlets, there was an interview, at least one, an extensive, detailed interview where desire for the job was expressed. So. Yeah. I mean, it's done. I mean, it's not done, done. There's still an offer out there for Lane Kiffin if he is interested in signing it. Here's the here's the thing that I think a lot of people are maybe having a little bit of trouble wrapping their mind around or haven't quite gotten there. It would make no sense for Lane Kiffin to stay at this point, unless he doesn't have an offer to leave. Because he's done a lot of damage to his reputation and his program 
in the last week if he was going to stay by not just signing his contract, accepting the offer, taking his name out of the mix for Auburn, saying that he chose Ole Miss over Auburn, and moving on. But hasn't done that. There's no logical reason at this point, if you were going to stay at Ole Miss, that you wouldn't have signed the new deal. We will get back to two questions. I I feel like we have just absolutely messed up Michael's award-winning segment. It should win an award. Mm -hmm. I should be in that Mississippi Top 50 thing. If one of you wants to submit me, the voting might be over by now. But I'll take it and use this segment as the example for why I belong in the top 50 most influential people in this state. Okay. I don't think I'll get the vote, but... Where where do you submit those? I don't know. Uh, Google, I'm sure, will tell you. I got an email about it, and I I was going to nominate you guys, but it was asking for a lot of detail. And... and I, I, I never got to it. But too too much work. It was a lot of work to to do that. Yeah. Sports Talk you. Mississippi with you, streaming at Supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Half an hour left on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll make some predictions. We'll finish up two questions and get to more of your text when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Get started today. Be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. I will be layering with Genteel Apparel tomorrow night. You can find their website online, genteelapparel.com. Be sure to check out the collegiate collection gear for Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Hey, Dad's got a shirt on today. I got a shirt on today. Forky's not wearing his Genteel Apparel gear today, but he's got plenty of it, including the new stuff sitting right there beside him. Yeah. Unpackaged. Do you like those pullover choices? Oh, they look great. I picked those out for you. Yeah, I'm a big neutral got color three. guy too, because you know I don't have many clothes. I just don't I don't buy clothes ever, and so I pick neutral colored stuff that can go with basically everything. Mm-hmm. So that's perfect picks because it's you know like gray and and you know black where you can just match it with literally anything. Yeah, works. Hey. They and had to make I a choice. They were literally like, literally every can- single thing they made for you. They had to make a choice. They were like, we can give Hey Dad three polos, but then we can't make polos for anybody else this holiday season. We'll be out of material. <laughs> so I will sacrifice and enjoy my one genteel polo. Or pullover, I'm sorry. Well, there are two. There's just one, the gray one. Just one. Yeah. And then three or four shirts. I got uh, four shirts. Yeah. We'll work on some more for you. See, I'll see what can be done. And we'll check out, yeah. uh, check in with our good people, good friends <laughs> Those at poor Genteel. farmers. <laughs> Working them to the bone for me. Uh, GenteelApparel.com. If you're coming to Oxford this weekend, be sure to stop by Landry's on the square. You can get your Genteel gear there. Uh, if you're in Starkville, 
Reed's in Starkville has got Genteel. Also in North Mississippi, New Albany, T. Saffington and Company. Abraham's over in the Mississippi Delta in Cleveland and Tupelo. Stopped by MLM, Northeast Mississippi. Shirley Dogs in Corinth. And uh, in Memphis, you can stop by Oxbow to get Genteel Apparel or go online to genteelapparel.com. All right, we got to go back to it. Two questions. Hey, Dad answered the question for Mississippi State, what must they do to win? I guess I'm supposed to answer it for Ole Miss? Well, I yes, figured you, you, you guys would answer both for both. Oh, I thought but... you said do it all at once. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't understand what you meant. Both, yeah, either way. Oh, uh, Mississippi State, if uh, if they want to win this game, they absolutely must run the ball. <laughs> We're in agreement. No, look, I mean, Mississippi State has got to stress the Ole Miss defense. And if that means running the ball, then so be it. But if Ole Miss stacks the box to try and take away the run uh, in that event, then they got to push it down the field a little bit. I, I don't think that... I don't think that Will Rogers can be captain checked down tomorrow night and expect it to be a wildly successful night for Mississippi State. I will say that I think, and, and I know I'm only supposed to give one answer, but for both teams, if you want to win this game tomorrow night, the thing you absolutely must do if you want to win this game is tackle well. And I say tackle well because it looks like it's going to be a sloppy track. Jerseys are going to be wet. Ball could be a little bit slick. you got to get guys to the ground tomorrow night. And, you know, a bunch of missed tackles is part of the reason that Ole Miss got popped by Arkansas. They did not tackle well in that game. Mississippi State's got to tackle well. Their linebackers are very capable of doing that. Uh, so you got to tackle well. Uh, for, for Ole Miss... I'm debating on, because there are different ways you can phrase it, right? It's easy to go to offense, but if Ole Miss wants to win this game, they've got to not allow Mississippi State's offense to be multiple. Kind of go back to what I said about Alabama. You, you you can't let Alabama do everything, right? You you can't let Bryce Young be Superman and Jameer Gibbs go crazy and give them the ability to throw the ball down the field and not get pressure on. I think it's I think it's similar. And by the way, Ole Miss played really well defensively in that game. And they took away Jameer Gibbs in the running game, and they didn't give up a ton in the passing game, but Bryce Young still was Superman. I don't know that Will Rogers owns a Superman cape. And so I'm not necessarily putting that label on him, but Ole Miss absolutely has to keep Mississippi State from being effective in the short passing game, being effective in the screen game, pushing it down the field some like they did two years ago when Jaden Wally looked like a wide receiver that was going to be a star in the SEC, and running the ball at will. So I guess I'm pointing to the Ole Miss defense and saying they've got to be good. They've got to be good tomorrow night against Mississippi State if Ole Miss is going to win. I feel like I did not execute your question very well, Borky. Oh, I think that worked. Okay. Flip the coin. Flip the coin. What can they not do? Ole Miss cannot be futile in the red zone. You, you look at the difference in the game against Arkansas. Like There are lots of things you can point to. Penalty wipes a touchdown off the board. Another penalty wipes another touchdown off the board. Ole Miss rolled up 700 yards of offense. They weren't productive in the red zone. 
They didn't score when they got it in the money zone. They didn't score touchdowns. You want to win this game tomorrow night against Mississippi State, you got to score touchdowns. And so you cannot be futile inside the 20s. Yeah, they did. Ole Miss, Ole Miss cannot allow State to score a non-offensive touchdown. State has three guys this year that have scored non-offensive touchdowns. Emmanuel Forbes, Tulu Griffin, Xavion Thomas. State's good enough in the return game that I kind of expect big returns at this point. They've been doing it all year. And I don't know who Forbes is going to be on, Mingo or Heath, but either one of those guys are a big part of what Ole Miss does. So he's going to have some opportunities to, to get interceptions. The way State's offense is struggling, seven points coming on the board from a, from the defense of the uh, special teams would be huge. Um, for State, what can they not do? They cannot allow Ole Miss to dictate. I'm going to tie mine together. Ole Miss cannot dictate. They can't allow Ole Miss to dictate what they do offensively. I've had to, I've just had enough of hearing. Well, they're putting too many guys in the box, and so now they take away the running game and this. I can't deal with it any longer. I, I don't care how many guys are in the box. You got to try to run the football. You got to throw the ball down the field. You cannot check, 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 check. You can't do it all night. So state cannot let Ole Miss dictate what they are going to do offensively. State has to be the one who are the the aggressors. Okay. And I, I think Mississippi State can't be one-dimensional. I mean, I, I understand that a big part of their offense is one-dimensional. Throw it and throw it and throw it and throw it, and then occasionally, you know, stick in a little draw play. Well, this was pretty decent against the run against Mississippi State when they tried it a year ago. Um, if State wants to win this game, they got to do more than just throw it 60 times or 50 times or whatever the number is. Uh, if Mississippi State, the one thing Mississippi State absolutely cannot do is be one-dimensional. Period. Those are your two questions, right? Yeah, last ones of the year. Oh, we got bowl games uh, still. Well, we got bowl games. Yeah, it's we'll not do the them same. Then. Hey, by the way, and states I, I, in Houston, Ole Miss is in, you know, Orlando or Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Tampa, yeah. maybe. Could um, be. Ooh, somebody says State cannot drop easily caught passes. Well, that was a lesson last year, wasn't it? Especially ones that are supposed to go to touchdowns. It's been a weekly thing. At this point, you are who you are. Yeah. You're right. I mean, they got to improve in this area. Well, it's week 13. Surely by week 12, they figured it out, right? Yeah. You know, we'll see. Hey, Dad, Mike in Oxford is offering uh, offering a wager to you. Nah. He said he'll he'll give you state and nine and a half points. Not interested. Mike's good for it. That, 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 that's no, not I, a real I wager good for it. No, no, Mike. My, I've I've wagered with Mike before. He beat me a couple years ago. I, I I got no issues with Mike. I just that's no. Ten points isn't enough. Would you do it at ten? When you hear my prediction, you'll you'll know why. Ooh. Okay. Okay. There's your tease. We will make predictions when we uh, come back for the final segment of the show. Some of you have asked about uh, Polk's Pick 6 this week. Uh, I have not even shared this information with you guys. We made a uh, decision um, to press pause on the contest. Short week, quick turnaround, probably not going to have as many entries. And so we're not going to do a Polk's Pick 6 for this week or for championship game weekend. We're going to come back. 
and we're going to do a Polk's Pick 6 Bowl Pick'em contest with kind of an enhanced prize, a season-ending grand prize uh, from our good friends at Polk's. So stay tuned for that information. I'm just going to be honest. I have not tabulated the numbers from last week's Polk's Pick 6. I can do that in a relatively short amount of time, but I've not given you a winner. If you were the winner from last week, you will get your Polks. I promise. I just haven't done it. There's just been a few other things going on this week, and I haven't gotten it done. So my apologies for that. Hey, Dad, tell me I'm a slacker or a bomb or whatever else. I, I, I will wear that. It's been busy this week. I understand. I will wear that mantle. Um, hey, we got the uh, college football playoff top 25 last night. We're certainly not going to have time to get into that. I think the only thing that was really controversial was LSU at five in front of Southern Cal at six. Tennessee fell to 10 after their loss. Ole Miss fell to 20, just behind Tulane, just in front of Oregon State. What do you say we make some Egg Bowl picks when we come back to wrap up Sports Talk Mississippi on this Wednesday afternoon on the eve of the 2022 Egg Bowl? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. But it's all JC pulling out the dark gun. Before Haydad even makes a prediction, good gracious, Haydad, go ahead and just join him. Get your red and blue genteel pullover for the game tomorrow night. Are you done, JC? I'm not going to be a homer, unlike some people on this show. So, who? Me? Yeah, well, you know. Whatever, bud. If if the ascot fits. Mm, buy one in every color. <laughs> Jane had a little a little frame picture that hung in our bathroom for a long time, and it said, if the shoe fits, buy one in every color. <laughs> okay. That's good. I like it. Uh, all right, let's do it. Borky, lead us off. Prediction. Egg Bowl 2022 series started in 1901. If uh, last week was any indication, I, I do think that there is some internal strife going on with the team, all things considered. If if it if this stuff wasn't going on, I would lean Ole Miss at home. But if if what last week was any indication of, of their mental state and how they'll play, I think a distracted football team is going to lose tomorrow. So upset, I believe, is coming due to a distracted football team. Score? 34-31. All right. He's got Mississippi State 34, Ole Miss 31. Brian Haydad? Long Your time, time is noted, Bulldog Bulldog Homer, Michael Borky. Um, I simply don't have any faith in Mike Leach to, to do the things offensively 
that attack Ole Miss's weaknesses, and I feel like Ole Miss's strengths play into MSU's weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I just I just don't see State being able to to score enough points to win the game. I think defensively they'll play okay, but I think at the end of the game the Rebels will uh, will hoist the trophy. Thirty five twenty four Rebels. Is that one of those where they kind of pull away at the end and fourth quarter pulls away a little bit? No, nah, more more of a late score to to make it a little closer. Quinshawn Judkins leads all SEC running backs in both rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. 1,385 yards on the ground, 16 touchdowns on the season. Zach Evans is fifth in the SEC in rushing yards. So number one and number five reside on the same team. Prediction, both Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans had big nights. Zach Evans becomes a 1,000-yard rusher, and Quinshawn Judkins becomes a 1,500-yard rusher. But the hero is Jonathan Cruz. Ole Miss's field goal kicker, as time expires, 31-30 Ole Miss over Mississippi State in the rain tomorrow night. Ooh, dogs to cover. Dogs to cover, but not get the mm. win. I don't know. It'd be a great game if we get that, wouldn't it? A lot of Rebel fans who place those happiness insurance bets, they would be really happy with your scenario. Yeah, yeah, you get both sides, right? Uh, Hunter yeah. Columbus said, I'd rather you be a homer than a hater. Nothing wrong with being honest when talking about the team, but going to pick State to lose in the Egg Bowl? Jeez, how can a real State fan do that? It's one thing to think it, but to tell the whole State your team is going to get smoked in a rivalry game? What a loser! Ha ha! That's from Hunter in Columbus. We're not satellite radio, right? We're just regular old No, FCC this is terrestrial, terrestrial radio. radio. Yeah. All right, I'll leave it. I'll leave it be then. Uh, let's see here. State uh, Haydad is going to pick against State. State fans. So you're telling me there's a chance? See, I think that's what you're doing. I think uh, you're going with my picks hedge. You, you're you're I've going with, with the reverse jinx theory. Nah. Um. Sports Talk Mississippi will have an hour tomorrow. It will be segments from that throughout the course of this week. And uh, that will be from 3.06 until the end of the 3 o'clock hour. At 4 o'clock you will get, uh, depending on where you are located, either the Ole Miss Sports Network pregame show or the Mississippi State Network pregame show, kickoff at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, it's actually... Something Hunter in Columbus, State fan here, Ole Miss wins 35-17, and the Mike Leach clock begins ticking. Hey, let's talk some more about the Egg Bowl. Stay right here. Thunder and Lightning coming up. Richard Cross is my guest in the 620 segment. Thunder and Lightning on the radio, hosted by Brian Haydad in just moments. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to all the former players and radio broadcasters that have joined us throughout the course of the week. Makes the build-up to this game a lot of fun. Enjoy your Egg Bowl and happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at Sports Talk Mississippi. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.